where, why, or how Yesterday is done, tomorrow might not come I said right now, let's talk now Loud ashtrays Yes, 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 it's Mr. Burnside Fever. I don't give a flower. I tell her how it is, and I don't need a co-signer either. Yes, today my, co- my co-host is in the hospital. She should have been here right now. And that's the only reason why I said flower, because, you know, I always talk crap about her saying flower, so I had to say. So a special thanks to all my new people that's following me now. Germany, UK, France, Norway, Spain, Italy, Mexico, Australia, Switzerland, Brazil, Czech Republic, Canada, Fiji, Israel, Finland, Turkey, Namibia, Chile, Australia, Philippines, and Sweden. Hello from the USA, USA, USA. Today I have a great show. I'm, and the reason why I picked this man, you'll see why I picked this man. Founder of Forever Family Foundation, author of The Medium Explosion, and currently featured Netflix docuseries Surviving Death, been investigating mediumship and other evidence of life after death since 2003, and conducts a certification process which mediums are evaluated to see what they can do with their claims. This is why I like this man right here. That right there. Um, and also the host of Signs of Life radio show and past editor of Signs of Life magazine, Robert Ginsburg. How you doing, fella? How are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Pleasure to be with you. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. How's life treating you, you and your family? Well, you know, it's been ups and downs, you know, I had, uh, had my home kind of destroyed in that hurricane Ian, you know, but, wait, uh, wait, been... wait, 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 are you in Florida? Yeah, I'm on Sanibel Island, you know, I mean, we got wiped out. So. Wait a minute, do you know where I'm at? Where? I'm in the Southwest area. Really? <laughs> I'm in the Fort Myers area. No shit, I was there. Get out of yeah, well, I was living right near you, like while they were uh, re- putting my house back together. And you were at Sanibel Island, right? Yeah, yeah. That sort of. sucked. They, they had to make that. It was that bridge, and that. Yeah, yeah. I know. You know, when, when I first saw that bridge, you know, I was coming over to the house by boat. Um, you know, because and I looked at that bridge. I said, nine months to a year before they connected, and seventeen days later. We were, Bum. They were they were we were able to get on so bam fast super fast super yeah. fast so it says you have been investigating since two thousand three I know why but let my audience know why since two thousand three you've been investigating well you know if if we go back to um, twenty years ago um, right. I, I, I didn't believe in mediums. I didn't believe in life after death. I mean, I was right. a left brain, you know, thinker and logic told me like, it's gotta be a crock. I mean, what, you know, you die, where are our brains? Um, our brains are no more, so we're no more. And then, uh, you know, I make a long story short, I, my son and my daughter were 
mm-hmm. involved in a, in a car accident. My daughter didn't survive, and my son had serious injuries. And the morning of the accident, um, my wife had shut up in bed like at three in the morning, like she was trembling and shaking. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, she said, uh, she wouldn't answer me. She was just staring. I said, what's the matter? And she said, something horrible is going to happen today. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, our lives are going to be changed forever, you know, today. And I, I kind of, even though I didn't technically believe in things like visions and precognition and premonitions and, um, we were married for a long time, and there were times together that we had where she had similar th- similar things, and they always played out exactly the way she said. And they were all good things, but then logic told me if, if she was right then, she could be right now. So I, I, I watched over my, my three kids during the day. I mean, two were back in college, and my youngest was working at a part-time job. And then, you know, evening came. We all went out to dinner. I let it you know, that experience like fade from my awareness. I said, ah, you know, it's okay. And that's when the accident happened. So, you know, after my daughter didn't survive, you know, her injuries, my, my son was in a coma. And eventually when it became clear that my son was going to survive, I suddenly like came out of my shock and said, oh, wait a second, like, how did my, how, my wife was Fran? I said, how did Fran know? Because she clearly knew. So I started searching. I started um, going across the United States, meeting with medical doctors and scientists and researchers that studied consciousness. Right. And because I really, I became obsessed with it because I needed to know if there was any real evidence from credentialed people that we could, that our minds or our I say minds, but you could use the term soul or consciousness, you right. know, whether it survived your physical death, that was possible. And, and I learned that there's, there's an amazing amount of evidence. I mean, not only from mediumship, but near-death experiences and reincarnation and, and uh, after-death communications and, you know, deathbed visions and all these things. So that's, uh, you know, I spent the last 20 years, uh, you know, this is... Uh, this has become my life, you know. So, you know, we, we started this organization, Ferber Family Foundation, as you uh, kindly mentioned. And, and, you know, we've got 13,000 members in 76 countries, and there's a lot of people interested in this stuff, you know. That's when my daughter passed in June. Oh, I'm so sorry. And um, prior to that, five years ago, my son passed. Oh. And I couldn't speak about it for two years when it came to my son. Because every time I brought it up, it would make me choke. But then when my daughter passed, I was sleeping. And my little sister called me. And as soon as she called me, answered. And I haven't spoke to my daughter for a whole year. Okay, And... um. My sister was crying, and this is exactly what she said. She said, Junior, as soon as she says Junior, I have a total of five girls, and I already knew. And it, I don't know if there's um, something with the parental connection, dealing with life and such, mm-hmm. because as soon as she said 
Junior, and I said, what happened to Whitney? And then she started crying. Out of my sleep, it, my body just literally just said, what happened to Whitney? And it just came. I was like, how are we connected? <laughs> Certain things is just unexplainable. And it's already discounted as not because it's not proven like in the, in the scientific community, but yet it actually happens and we feel it, we experience it and we know it, but yet it can't be just put to the side. As... Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, we're taught, it's ingrained in us that if we can't see it with our, you know, physical senses, you know, then it doesn't exist, you know, and, 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 and scientists, um, they're not, not even aware of the evidence. And even when they are, they dismiss it because if it's true, it challenges their education and, the, and, wow. and, and everything that they were taught up to believe, you know, so, but, um, and yet, I mean, these things. Another, you know, another rabbit hole to go down right there. That's yeah. so true. You're yeah. right. So, so I know this part really, Dude, because this is where me and you really click on is um, explain to me the certification process to determine who's real now. Because I watch the docuseries, that's one thing. If I'm gonna interview someone, I gotta be on my PGCs and I read and watch, and because that's just who I am. So, um, explain to me the certification process to determine who is the real, real. And who is not okay? Because right. I got I got some stuff to talk about the docuseries. Well, you know, I'll just tell you a quick, a real quick story. You know, when okay. twenty years ago, I was playing golf with a friend of mine, and right. my friend had just recently lost his wife um, to cancer, and 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 um, we're sitting in the cop cart and you know, talking to each other, waiting to tee off at the next hole. And he turns to me and he said, Bob, I got to tell you something. I said, what? He said, I went to a medium. And I didn't even know what a medium was, but it sounded a little shaky to me, you know? And he says, I went, I went and, and the medium started telling me all these things about Karen, you know, his wife that she couldn't possibly have known. And, I, and I'm, I'm looking at him and, he, and I'm probably giving him one of those, looks like people give me now, you know, and, right. and he just turned to me and he says, you don't believe any of this stuff, do you? And I gave him some lame answer, like, well, you know, who knows, you know, Kenny. And I remember going home and telling my wife, oh my God, Kenny's, he's going to some gypsy fortune teller and she's going to take all his money and money. he's so consumed with his grief and I'm worried about him. And now fast forward, you know, and I've been studying mediums for the past 20 years, but um, I'll tell you right off the bat that, um, and it's one of the reasons that I wrote that medium explosion book, book is my opinion based upon my own research over these years is that 85 to 90% of the practicing mediums out there today cannot do what they claim. Now, Good I'm, job. You know, Good I'm, I'm not saying that they're all, they're fraudulent. You know, I mean, a, right. small, a small percentage of them are, right. but it's just that, we all have some degree, you and I have some degree of intuitive ability, you know, right. and, and, you know, some, some, and they may have more than we do, but that still doesn't mean that they could talk to a discarnate, you know, to somebody that's no longer embodied. So what we decided to do as a service to the bereaved is we had a, 
try to separate those who could from those who couldn't. And, uh, you know, we've been, you know, after I met with scientists that studied mediumship at various universities, I developed my own evaluation process uh, when it's based on evidence that they provide strictly evidence. And we, we evaluate the, their percentage of, of accuracy, you know, and we, we train sitters, sitters being the people that are getting the readings. Right. We train them in how to score information. What's the difference between general information and specific information? Right. So, you know, if somebody, you know, if, I'm, if I have a medium sitting in front of me, and they see me and I'm, you know, I'm 71 years old. So, so they get an idea, you know, that I'm not a youngster. And if the medium says to me, hey, uh, Bob, I, I have your great grandmother here. Do you have a great grandmother in spirit? And I'm like, well, shit. Yeah. Cold reading, right? Is that yeah, called cold yeah, reading? She'd be 130, right? So right, right. They're yeah. sizing me up. They see my age, you know. But if right. the medium says to me, hey, Bob, I have your great grandmother uh, here, Rebecca. Um, and she um, was born in Hungary, and her, she was famous for her goulash, and you have her ring that you inherited. Well, those are all statements that have to be given weight. It's, it's not general stuff. Right. It, you okay. know, so okay. we score specific information, um, you know, much more heavily than... than um, you know, than, than general stuff. So you mentioned cold reading. Yeah. People, and, and today, you know, mediumship research has been going on for over a hundred years. And, you know, back in the day, like in the early 1900s, there was no inter- internet. People couldn't find out stuff about you. There was no Google. <laughs> you know? So, you know, today you give the information, you give the medium your name and email address and- and within five minutes, they know your whole life story from, from right, and that's considered a hot reading, right? Can they get directly from the information from the internet, right? Instead yeah, of- I mean, one one of the one of the mediums that we certified told me a story last year. You know, after COVID hit, that the medium stopped doing in person readings. Everything was on Zoom or you know mm-hmm. another, another platform. He caught another medium that was giving a reading on Zoom. And he looked at that medium's um, desktop, and on the left, oh my God. she had a split screen. And on the left side of her screen was the sitter, the person she was giving the reading to. And on the right side of her screen was that the sitter's Facebook page. And she was just spitting back all of the information that she saw on the sitter's Facebook Aww. page. And, and the sitter doesn't know it. The sitter's saying, wow, this is the greatest, greatest medium that ever lived. That's you know, meanwhile, it was, it was a, she's a total fraud, you know. So wow. you have to, you have to, we always tell people, if you're going for a medium reading, um, you want to devote, you know, divulge as little information as, as possible. Um, and, and um during the reading, you don't want to, you know, we call it feeding the medium. You don't want to give the medium information. Right, that's you, right. That's you want right. to give, you want to give the medium yes and no type no. answers, you know. Uh, but so uh, we have a whole want, process. Yeah. I don't need to cut you off. I was watching the, the docs, and I liked the um, Mike was on point. I like what Mike was talking about when he had um Nicole medium there because Mike wanted specific questions. He didn't want questions that could have been found on the internet and all that such. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like bashing about it, but I believe 
out of so Laura between Laura and Nicole, I I I believe I take Laura as more believable. Laura um Lynn Jackson. Yeah, Laura Lynn Jackson. She's she's extraordinary and we, we yes. certified her back in two thousand and five. <sighs> Bingo, you see? I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. But I, I literally, okay, I like I, I, I like Laura. Okay, I, could, I understand. And who came up with the process, whether you or your wife, dealing with the, um, the questions, you know, for the certification of the mediums? Well, you know, I mean, I, I usually handle the, like, the, the research and the science end of it. All right. My wife... Uh, you know, who passed two years ago. I mean, she... Oh, well, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. She was, you know, uh, more, uh, had more spiritual, you know, and deeper knowledge than I did. I mean, she respected yeah. the science and she knew the need for it. But, you know, the, I, I was the one that usually uh, took us in that direction. So, you know, I, I took the input of, of, of the scientist, um, but I think I improved it because I, for the reasons that we were talking about where... You know, the, the sitter is sitting there with a form and, and with the, each piece of information that the medium gives, they're marking it as a hit, which is a piece of information that they know to be true, a miss, which is a piece of information they know to be not to be true, or, or a maybe because they simply don't know the answer to it. And then a significant hit, something obscure information that you that the medium couldn't possibly have known. Um, and, and, you know, the, the best mediums in in the world, and, and you mentioned Laurel and Jackson, she's one of them. Um, okay, okay. They they have like about a 90% accuracy in, in, the, in the information that they give. You know, you and I, just by chance, if we were giving a reading and just guessing, we might get a 20% accuracy, just, you know, right. general stuff. But you can't get 90% accuracy. Uh, right. you know, by bullshitting or guessing, you know? No, 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 no. And, and I watched, I'm like, hmm. and I'm a skeptic, brother. You got you just can't tell me anything. <laughs> you just can't tell me the sky is green. And I didn't, for me to believe it, no. And when I, just already, when she was conversing with her, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And I, I was impressed by it. I literally was, and I, I like what they did and. I, I like what they did with the in the series because they show both sides, and they let you determine what you believe and what you take from what. And I did that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I I agree with you, and that's exactly the the purpose. I mean, I didn't think that, you know, every part of that series was was great, except right, but it accomplished what I wanted it to, and that is to open up minds, just just you know, to people that were closed minded to it. Make you, you know, you can form your own opinion, but at least be aware of what's out there, you know. There's even been, there's a few doctors that, um, because it's going to lead me to what I'm about to ask you now. There's a few doctors that are like well known who actually, um, I don't, I don't want to get their, their names, um, um, <sighs> Maybe well, you're I, familiar with it. I, 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 could, I could help you out. I mean, some of the doctors, there were medical doctors that appeared in that documentary. And they're, right. uh, we have a, a scientific advisory board, and, and, and many of them are on the board. For instance, like Bruce Grayson, who's a medical doctor, he was on the documentary talking about near-death experiences. Right. Um, then there's Dr. Jim Tucker, who was talking about 
um, you know, reincarnation. You know, near-death experiences are fascinating because right. you have people, they meet every definition that medical science has for death. There's, there's no brain activity. There's no uh, heartbeat. There's no respiration. There's no reflexes. You know, medical science says they're dead. And yet when they get resuscitated, um, they describe this, you know, clear and lucid thinking, you know, which is the right. last thing that you would expect from somebody whose brain wasn't working, you know. Right. And sometimes they could tell you everything that went on in the operating room when they were in the hospital and, and right. conversations that took place. And, uh, and they, they talk about being outside of their body. Um, it's like their consciousness rises, you know, and separates from the physical body. And, it, you know, it's extraordinary, uh, you know, evidence from near-death experiences that, you know, and uh, it's just one of the many areas that people are not familiar with. But when you, when, yeah. you, when you delve into it, it's quite extraordinary. My dad, when he was 16 years old, right, he yeah. stated that... Cause, he shot himself. He was going. He had depression problems, but he was sixteen. He shot himself, and he died. He said when he he was in the in a park, and he was running through the park. And while he was running, he saw everything he did. He could remember until he was until he shot himself, and then he said he fell down and hit the light, and then that's when he came. He woke up. Yeah. Um, one, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Near-death experiences often have what they call a life review. Um, okay. And what happens is that they describe their whole life like flashing like a movie in front of them, you know. And they right. see, um, the interesting part about it is that they can feel um all of the good things and all of the love and compassion that they bestowed upon others. But at the same time, they also feel the pain that they inflicted upon others, you know, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Um, And a lot of them, um, you know, change their lives, you know, when they, when they come back to this world, um, because they, they realize that the way in which we, conduct our physical lives affects us, um, you know, in the next life. And I'm not talking from like any religious perspective. I'm just talking about what people say, you know. Um, So, I mean, it's kind of an incentive for people to live the best life that they can, because you may start off in a place that's you're with people of like mind and, you know, uh, you know, maybe there's a lot of different realms and spheres, you know, that are to come, you know, so. Uh, you want to be the best person that you can, and that's certainly an incentive. Who wants to feel the pain that they inflicted upon others, right? Do you believe in a higher power? I mean, I do, more in a spiritual sense, you know. I mean, I think think where religion goes off the rails is that, you know, it comes along with all the dogma and the the rules, you know. I mean, spirituality in a greater sense is is what I believe in. You know, you talk to... um, um, a lot of uh, physicists today and you're listening to their interview and you say, man, you know, this guy's talking more like a spiritualist, you know, because a physicist will talk about how we're all remnants coming from the Big Bang 
And the spiritualists will say that we're all have these these divine sparks. And it's they're both saying the same thing. You right. know? So the, the point is that we're all connected. So yeah, I think that there is some sort of a greater design. It's it's really hard to recognize it while we're in this messed up physical world. Uh, but I, I think that the only thing that makes sense is is that there's there's some sort of greater plan. When when you're doing your investigations, right? Did you ever come across the deathbed visions? What yeah. do you think about them? Explain yeah. to me about that. Are you? Would you gather from that? Um, well, you know, I mean, not only did I read extensively, but I had personal experience in my own family. Um, I'll tell, tell you, me. I'll tell you one that you might find funny because I, I I did it at the time when when my mother was. Uh, deathbed visions uh, usually happen within that two-week window before somebody passes. Uh, okay. Sometimes it's right before death, and sometimes it's a week or two before. And and right. my mom was, she was in the, she was getting close, and she was sitting and she was at home, and she was sitting in a reclining chair, and the family was sitting around her like in a semicircle in chairs. And the chair that was directly in front of her chair, all of a sudden, you know, my, it was empty, you know, and my mom reached her arms out, you know, outstretched and started saying, mom, mom. And it was clear that she was talking to her mother. Wow. Um, you know, my, and my wife and I, we knew what was going on, you know, but everybody else wow. in the room said, well, it's just hallucination. So then, then um, my father walked out from the other room and he saw the empty chair. So he goes and he sits down in the empty chair. And my mother, as sick as she was, started screaming, get up, get up. And I had no idea that he sat on his mother. And <laughs> he's like bewildered. You know, what did I do? What did I do? And I'll explain it to you, Dad. You know, but, um, but, it, but it happens. If you talk to people that work in hospice, um, they... Um, will readily tell you that's how they know when somebody's getting ready to pass, when they start seeing loved ones. And, and I think the implication is that we all have escorts to the other side. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, the, which we may not be physically or mentally capable anymore of, of communi communicating what we're seeing to others, but nonetheless, it still happens. So, I think that everybody has such a such an escort, and I guess that's a it's a good um, it's it's comfortable feeling to to believe that. Can you re can you relate that to? Because I was watching when you and one of your um, gentlemen on there was discussing like the gamma bands and dealing with the um, when they're transcending or trans with the mediums that was somebody speaking through them and such. So can that be a part of, in a scientific term, of maybe dealing, something dealing with death makes that part of your brain more alert to start seeing things that normally would not be seen and as a person that's not dying? Like, cause I would think so. Like, how are they seeing things that they would not normally see but is there something triggering their body for that part of their brain to be more attuned to the spiritual sense because they're about to pass or go into that sense? That yeah. yeah, you know what happens is that I mean, when we're not our physical, the friend, our brains are like radio 
re receivers, you know, that they, they receive right. information. But, you know, when the brain um, breaks, when the radio breaks, the signal is still coming in. You know, so what's happening is that when when people are close to death, they're straddling two worlds and, and their consciousness or, or soul, you know, or mind, you know, starts to um, break away, you know, from, from yeah. the soul. People that are sitting with, with dying loved ones sometimes report actually seeing, um, you know, a mist or, or uh, you know, when the moment comes, you know, because what happens is that the... Some people even believe they call it a silver cord that connects the body to the soul. And they, I heard that one, yes. I yeah, and, and, and that breaks, you know. And and, and um, there's such a, a thing called shared deathbed visions where people, you know, relatives of, of the loved ones that are dying actually, you know, see what the, what the dying person is seeing. Um, so, yeah, I think that um, uh, that's why... You know, you have people say like when people are, have Alzheimer's or they're in a coma, you know, you should you should still talk to them because they can hear yep. you. I believe yep. that's true. You know, because you know the brain may be broken, but um, their mind is still active. So, exactly. if, in order for you to believe in life after death, you have to believe that our our, our mind is is not contained in our skull, that something goes beyond the body. That's right. why, um, you ever hear, uh, you probably have a remote viewing, yep. you know, so yep. our own CIA during the yep. war, you know, during, yep. you know, with the spying on the Russians, the, the CIA had their own team of remote viewers and they give, they give the remote viewers a latitude and longitude coordinates and these mm -hmm. viewers would send their their consciousness to that specific target, and then draw depictions of what they saw. Mm -hmm. um, and you say to yourself, um, "How is that possible?" You know, I I did an experiment once like that where I I drew a picture, a different picture, every night at the same time for five consecutive nights, and right. I and I asked people even if they thought that. They couldn't do it or, or wasn't possible just to tune in with their minds and draw a picture and at the end of the five nights to physically mail me in this series of drawings um, right. and one of the envelopes that came in had two of the drawings exactly with every detail the way I drew them. Oh and, my God. And one of the drawings I was said, I'm going to screw with everybody. I'm not going to do a drawing. I'm going to draw a, a geometric shape. And I drew a dot with concentric circles around it. Right, she right. drew the exact same thing. So I'm saying, so I'm saying wow. to myself, here I am. I'm I'm living in New York at the time. Here's Bob. I'm sitting in New York with my brain in my skull, and she's sitting in 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 Bend, Oregon, three thousand miles away, with her brain in her skull. How is it possible? You know, if, if we are our brains and we don't go beyond our body. How, that's not possible, right? So if, if you believe that, you know, in things like telepathy and intuition yeah. and, and, and distant healing, um, that has, if that's possible, if our minds connect independently of our brains, then life after death becomes um, not only plausible, but logical. Mm, yes, exactly. If you believe, have you had any, like, communication with your daughter? Has she the, the light flickering or anything since then? 
Well, you, do you, well, you feel you, her, or you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, mean but I'm I'm curious now because yeah, it's with my own that just passed along. Forgive me if I'm touching on a subject on a subject that shouldn't be touched. If I am, please let me know. No, no, I, I um, you need to talk about it. Well, I mean, well, let me ask you. I mean, have you have have either of your your children that are in spirit come to you in dreams? Dreams, yes. Okay. Dreams, yes. Yeah. Yes. Th- th- that's the most common form of after-death communication because when our chatter mind, the monkey mind, as they call it, you know, is, is which is always, you know, flashing by and we're always thinking about all different things. When that's at rest during the certain stages of sleep, there's a conduit that opens up right. or pure consciousness and, and our loved ones can come through. I mean, you asked about me. I had... I had 74 dream visitations from my daughter after she passed over a period of five years. And, and I wrote everyone down. And when I, when I say a dream visitation, it's different than a, what I call a regular dream because regular dreams don't make any sense and they're all over the place and you, you forget them as soon as you wake up. But in a true visitation dream, you, you could talk to your loved one or hug them or kiss them and so forth. It's very tactile and you don't forget it. So um, that's always something that you can um, set your intention for and, and, you know, and, and hope that your loved one comes through that way. Uh, but, you know, I, I've had, um, you know, other, you know, uh, signs and after death communications, you know, from my, my, my loved ones. And, and um, you have to be open to it, you know, for the, it took me, seven years before I relented to this. I kept dismissing everything as coincidence, <laughs> you, know, right. you know, and, and I was, I was, I was a kind of a hypocrite. I was a hypocrite because here I was, you know, we had the foundation and I'm talking to people, giving them all the evidence and I didn't fully believe it myself, you know, that changed. And now of course I, I'm, I'm convinced, but um, if you, if you don't believe that it's, that it could happen, you're never going to notice the things when they do happen. Gotcha. And have you gotten any signs? Yeah, you know, so I'll tell you an interesting one. So everybody thinks that after my wife passed because of the work that we did, you know, that I would be inundated with all sorts of communications. And I really wasn't receiving, you know, a lot of communications from her. But um, so we had this thing. Now, bear in mind, my wife knows that I'm a hard nut that, you know, to crack that I, I, um, I question everything, you know? So in my mind, that wasn't upset because she's thinking of something she can come up with that I couldn't question. So what I used to do is I used to, I used to love, uh, it sounds, you know, corny, but I used to love my, to hold my wife's hands, you know, right? they were always soft and comforting and warm, right? you know, and, and, and there was sanctuary. Yeah, it was like a thing, even with driving in a car, like I would right. reach out, she'd be sitting next to me, I'd hold out my hand and she'd, she'd, she'd wrap her hand around my thumb and hold my thumb, you know, and a- after a while, she was like, all right, enough already, you know, it's like, <laughs> so, so after she, my wife died for two years, I'm, every time I drive in the car, and I would, I talk out loud to her, it's like, friend, come on, I, I just, Grab my thumb. Just let me know you're still here, you know. And two years, nothing, you know. But I don't give up, you know. I just um, every time I'm in the car, 
at about, I'd say about six months ago, I'm driving in a car and I say out loud to a friend, I really need you, you know, and I hold out my thumb and all of a sudden I feel this, this, you know, something grabbing my thumb and an energy that's going up and down my thumb. I never felt anything like it. You know, it's, it's like from the base of my thumb to my fingernail is an energy that's pulsating up and down my thumb. And like, I just knew it was her, you know, and it, it lasted about 10 minutes, you know, I mean, I just held it there for 10 minutes and I'm thanking her out loud. So that to me, um, was what I would consider to be a you know an after death communication, and did it how 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 has it like I know you believe it was her because it doesn't choke you up when you talk about it like you she must be you, you know you feel that she's in your presence like you could just bring her there like that's awesome that you feel that way. Yeah, you know, when, when, I, when, I, when I talk to people about, you know, signs, the broader term signs, I said, when some signs, when you get it, you know, you just question it, okay, maybe, you know, like people say they find a penny or a feather, you know, but sometimes you get a sign and it comes attached to this inner knowing. It's like, there's no question, like you just know. And I don't get those a lot, but with that, I just, you just something. Something inside of you tells you that you know, like like this is her. And when it comes to attached to that knowing, then they, they can be, you know, extraordinary. Um, you know, I, I always tell people I'm, I'm not one to think that everything is a sign from their loved one. You know, right. a lot of people in the spiritual community will say to you, and they've probably said it to you, too, that there's no such thing as coincidence, you know, that everything right. happens for a reason. I personally don't believe that. I, I think that, yeah, there are coincidences, you know, just shit happens, you know. But I, um, on the other hand, um, some things are, you know, true, you know, messages from, you know, uh, from beyond and part of a, a greater design. So it's, it's a mixture. How can my listeners get your book? Where is the where be the best way to find your book and your foundation? Please use my platform to breathe. Because this is something that I know a lot of people, everybody, certain people don't believe it, and a lot of people do believe it. You know. Yeah. Well, you know. Listen. What what could give us greater hope than believing that you know that that not only we but our loved ones survive in some form? The, the foundation's website is is spelled out foreverfamilyfoundation.org. It's got all the information, radio shows, webinars. We have grief retreats, like you saw in the Netflix thing, and um, and then I uh, the book is called The Medium Explosion. You know, I get that on Amazon. I have a new book coming out in a couple of weeks, but can't. What's the name of that book? Uh, it's the name of it is is uh, my life. Um, uh, you know, and it, it, it's it's really uh, it's a story that transcends time and space. So I won't give it away, but a, a good deal of the book deals with what what the afterlife is actually like. Um, so uh, and then other than that, I mean, you know, so maybe pe people might want to listen to the radio shows. They're all archived on the site. I write a, a unrelated to that. I write a blog and beyond the five senses.com. And just, it's a way to 
for me to, so my head doesn't explode to get my thoughts out there. You know? <laughs> no, but look, that's, that's what a lot of people like to hear. You know, I've been used the way they, everybody, this is something that it's a commonality, but us people, regardless of what race you are or what political standing or what you believe in, on, we all have loved ones that pass. Yeah, that's true. We all have we that's that's something that we all could come in terms with, you know. We hey, regardless of what you believe in or or what is we all have lovers that pass and somebody always yeah. Yeah, you know, we're we're all on a train, you know. We we get off at different stops, but we all get off, you know. But the the good thing is that there's a place we go when we get off. So that, that that's what I've come to believe. And there's evidence to back it up. Brother, I'm so glad you came on here. And I, I and I'm digging you with that that um that you just can't come tell me something. <laughs> you gotta be certified. <laughs> and I appreciate that right <laughs> Because and you know a lot of people take advantage of somebody just wanted to they know they're at that vulnerable part and certain people just don't they don't know that she just looked on her Facebook and she's just turning taking advantage of people and, and that's sad that people actually go through that. that yeah, it's sad. Yeah, you're right. I mean, these these mediums are sitting with people that are, you know, just hanging on by a thread, you know, and then the, the, they could do more harm than good. But the gifted ones have the power to really transform people and that's that's a wonderful thing when it happens. Yeah, that's why I like that, Laura. <laughs> I really do like it. I'm, I'm a skeptic about a lot, but I'm like, hmm, okay, Laura, I'm yeah. listening. <laughs> yeah, well, you you got the you got the right vibes from her because she's she is the real deal. I can tell you that for sure. The, the other one, I was just I'm sorry, I, I was just laughing because I just seen her lips. And just, uh, I'm just sorry, just the the different voices and all that, and I'm like, man. I'm just gonna watch this right here. I'm gonna let it go, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not gonna talk. If I listen, if I don't got something good to say about a person, I'm not gonna say it. But if I do got something good about a person, I'm gonna mention that person's name all the time, Laura. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great, it was a joy having you all with me, Bob. If you ever need me to for anything, you know, I <clears throat> we have um. A commonality between me and you, you know, you lost your child and I lost mine. And yeah, I know. And we're, we're neighbors too. So, brother, do you fish? Um, I don't fish. I've always lived on the water, but I'm not. A, I'm not a big fishing guy. But what do you do? You like you like, you like the, you have a boat? Yeah, boats are boats are cool. You know, I mean, I like to I like to be in nature. You know, I mean, I I, I got back to after my wife passed. I I I. I hadn't played golf in 20 years. And I, so I joined this club and I play golf, but the people think I'm nuts because I always play by myself. I don't want to deal with everybody's crap. You know, I just want to that's, that's, that's why I go fishing. I don't care if I don't catch anything. It's like my meditation. There's certain things that be, like if I go walking, that's my meditation. You know, if I go running with my dog, that's my meditation. You know, even by myself, I talk to myself about it. Yeah. Everybody, everybody has their meditation and just, that makes you and, and yours is golf, right? And you like to golf not by yourself? Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Do you cheer yourself on? Do you cheer yourself uh, on? 
Hey, listen, I, you know, I, I, I live on a lake and, and, and there's all, you know, it's like a tropical island, you know, so it's like, I grew up in Brooklyn. I didn't have any of that crap. You know, now I'm, I, I'm into the, I went to Tilden High School, lived in the Flatbush area, you know. Oh, okay. My, my, my grandmother lives in the Brownsville area. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I don't know how you deal with this heat in Florida, brother. I can't stand it. Yeah, it's rough. It's, well, especially in the summer, you know. It's, uh, Do you like it? I, you know, I mean, I... I got. I lived in New York long enough. I really got sick and tired of, sh of shoveling snow. I thought, <laughs> yeah, you know, as I got older, I had less tolerance for it. But I do miss the the, the seasons. Uh, you know that uh, it, it's it's it. You know it's like intolerable in the in the in the summer. But uh, so you got. But you got the beaches. You got a pool. You got the ocean. What the you know? <laughs> every place you go got something. <laughs> so. I want to end it with this. So prior to your investigation in, of the afterlife, what is your conclusion? You believe there's an afterlife, right? Yeah, I, I never, I mean, now, of course, I do. But uh, yeah, most of my life, I, uh, I, um, I never really thought about it too much. But to me, it made no sense. You know, I just thought it was wishful thinking. But now... Um, I'm a totally different, uh, different person. You know, I just, uh, I have to relent under the evidence. And, uh, so, so I'm a true believer right now. Listen, I am with you, Robert. Um, I would, normally I always go out with, uh, with my, <laughs> my saying, but right now I just, this is a, just a sensitive topic right here. And I appreciate you coming on. You did, you did me a well of, Brother, I like that skepticism that you have with that certification part. That's one thing that I, you are spot on. And if anybody who wants to follow him or just listen to him, this man right here, I, you got to watch him on a docuseries with the uh, it's surviving um death. And I'm getting, forget everything. Else. He was on episode four, okay? Uh, yeah, you know, you know what? Four. You believe it or not, they they filmed seventy hours with us. You believe that? What? Seven seventy hours. They were in our house. They came down to Florida. They were they were they were at our grief retreat, and you know, there's yeah. there's thirty minutes of content if it's with seventy hours of filming. <laughs> they got a lot of yeah. money to burn, right? Let <laughs> <laughs> you share it, hey Robert. It was great. You coming on my show, and I appreciate that. This is Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns. That's your muscle, Paul. I don't need you. Praise.